0: Welcome to Find Your Niche, a career podcast offering advice that you can implement today, as well as career tips that will set you on a career path and help you to find your niche. I'm Lori Cole, Certified Career Coach and Job Search Advisor with iHire. iHire connects you to industry-specific jobs in over 57 talent communities. Find your niche today on iHire. Carlos Francisco is my guest today, and he's the regional security leader at Meta. Carlos has run security teams for some of the largest corporations in the world, like Walt Disney World, Amazon, and Facebook. He's also led security teams for Super Bowl 50, Major League Baseball, and NBA games. Carlos is dedicated to helping law enforcement, military, and federal workers make the transition into the corporate security world. He even wrote a book titled, So You Want to Get into Corporate Security, and he also records a podcast, The Corporate Security Translator. I was impressed by his idea of approaching every job as if it were a customer service job. By understanding people and getting to the bottom of what people really need in the moment, he's diffused some pretty tense situations. I'm sure his success comes from his ability to build instant rapport and trust with people. Here's what Carlos Francisco has to say about his career path and how he found his niche. Thank you for being on the podcast today, Carlos. I am so excited to be talking to you. I wanna hear all about all the work you do as a corporate security translator and what you're doing at Meta. So good to have you.
1: Absolutely, Lori, I am pumped. This is exciting. I'm really excited about, hopefully give back a little bit, just a tad bit. Maybe some people get a couple nuggets out of this and, and put it to work for them. In their career and what they want to do, it doesn't have to be necessarily in the security field. But uh, I can't wait. I can't wait how deep we're gonna get, where we're going, and what we're gonna do. Yeah. So let's do it. We're
0: just gonna go where it takes us. So, what (laughs) is a corporate security translator?
1: (laughs) Yeah, interesting. What I realized is that there was a lot of folks that were transitioning at the time into the corporate security world that had a, a tremendous background in military, law enforcement, federal careers. You know, FBI, CIA, and all these other things. Or there were folks that were just like, how do I step into this thing for the first time? I don't know anything about it. So I said, why can't I translate what corporate security is about to the folks that are out there that don't really understand what it is? Because when it comes to military, law enforcement, federal careers, it's not always apples to apples when it comes to corporate security. I mean, standards are different. Policies are different. The way you approach security is different than the way you approach a, you know, international treaty when you're in the military or uh, a state, federal, local law that's put in place, you know, when you're with law enforcement. So there's quite different. So I said, I am going to be called a corporate security translator. And it has really worked for me all the way through. But obviously, my career is with the largest social media company in the world, now going into the metaverse. So that's that's my full-time gig. But everything else for me, it's to give back to the community and help translate what corporate security is about to get people into it. So there you go. So
0: you were so into it, you wrote a book, right?
1: I did. I, I wrote a book. And um, again, just to give back, I wanted to put like a, a framework for people to understand what it is, what it's about, and how you can get into it. Right, and that's that's what I did, and I have a second book coming out now. It's uh, so you want to start your corporate Security program that breaks down how to start one, so I'm very excited about that too. very good, yeah,
0: so let's talk about meta a little bit. You just mentioned it. I picture meta as a place where everyone walks around wearing the VR goggles all day. What's it <laughs> really like?
1: I'll tell you so. I'm going to speak as the corporate security translator that works for the largest social media company that might be starting a thing called the metaverse. And I heard that company is incredible. And um, one of the coolest things about it is how they treat their folks internally. That's one of the biggest things, how they give back to the community and the world through a lot of programs that people don't know, which, by the way, sometimes that company does a little, uh, have a little issues in marketing the good things that they do. But ultimately, you're surrounded by PhDs, incredibly educated folks in the engineering side of the world that are, you know, efficient, intelligent. They're moving fast as possibly as you, you can within the engineering world. And it's just amazing to be sitting in a room where everybody's well-educated, well-spoken, understand their job to the fullest and are always willing to help each other. And that's one of the coolest things about about Meta, this huge social uh, media company that the corporate security translator might be working for. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a great explanation. So, what? When did you first become excited about law enforcement and security?
1: Yeah, I think I was a little kid. So, this I think this is the part where we could get a little bit deeper than than the normal because my background is quite different. Um, than a lot of folks that I work with in the security industry, but also the same. So, you know, my dad and it's known and I, and I wrote it on my book, uh, my dad is a drug addict and he was not around left when I was two, pretty much, you know, and my mom was a single mom with four of us. It was three of us and one adopted. And from the beginning, all I knew, Laurie, was that I didn't want to be like my dad. So I, I decided from a very young age that I was going to do what was right and what was good and what was wholesome. Now, did I hit a couple patches here and there, which a couple of great law enforcement officers uh, that knew me at 12, 13 years of age said, hey, kid, you, you just stop. Remember, you're, this, this is your track. Don't go there. But anyways, so I knew from a very young age that I just wanted to be better. I just wanted to be a better human being, give back to the community as much as I possibly could. And that was the way I was going to do it. So I started in security from a very young age uh, at the Walt Disney Company right at 19. I started with the Walt Disney Company, by the way, when I was 16, uh, wow. doing entertainment. I actually sang and danced, Laurie. Ah, what was show?
0: What, so what, what, what was your specialty?
1: Okay. Okay. So we did, I did a couple of shows. One of them was called Jolly Holidays. It was at the Contemporary Resort. Uh, at the Magic Kingdom, right, right next to the Magic Kingdom. This is in Florida. In Florida, Orlando, Florida. Yep. I'm from Orlando, Florida. And uh, and the second show that I did was a little show called Barbie's World at the American Adventure Pavilion. I'm talking about 1994 here. So, and
0: you played Barbie, right?
1: <laughs> yes. That's exactly <laughs> it. And uh, But it was a blast. That's how I started. But, you know, going to school for criminal justice because that's what I wanted to do. I transitioned right into the security right at 19 when you could, I did that, you know, and I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with the idea of being a protector in some kind of way. I fell in love with the idea of doing the right things right away, you know, even, the old, even when the people are not looking, right? Um, right. And that's kind of how my passion started. And it definitely started with a mouse. So Mickey Mouse is uh, my, my good partner in, in my security kind of career.
0: So I'm so excited to hear that. Um, my granddaughter actually is leaving for a six-month internship with Disney down in Orlando. Co- in the college Jude. program. College program, right. Yes. Yes. I, I told her, I, I said, maybe you're going to come back thinking that this is not the happiest place on earth. And she said, oh, no, she is just so excited about it. Yeah. And I'm excited for her.
1: That, it's going to be beautiful for her because she will see ugly moments, as, as in any company that you work for, right? We all have ups, ups and downs within our careers. And it's never easy. And I don't think even our careers are not meant to be easy. And I actually truly believe that our careers become better as tougher they are. And, you know, and through the mistakes that you make, just like in life. I mean, I learned more from those things than, than anything else. So it wasn't meant to be easy and and you're ma- you were made to make mistakes and that's how you truly learn. I think she's she's going to she's going to knock it out of the park. It's an awesome program. Um you know, and you get a chance to be right in front of the guests. One of the biggest lessons I ever had and the reason why I am who I am today is because from a very young age at the age of 16, I had no choice but to speak in front of thousands of people, which made it a lot easier for me to communicate today and be able to have great relationships and partnerships with the people that I deal with every day, be able, I believe, to be a great leader, not only as a listener, but also as a speaker, you know, getting people excited about the mission, the vision. She is going to knock it out of the park. And I would suggest it, by the way, to anyone. If you're listening to this and you're in college and you have an opportunity to get through and go into a college program with the Walt Disney Company, I would highly say it will look great in your resume. Exactly. And you will have an opportunity to learn a heck of a lot from probably the leading white glove service, customer service company in the world.
0: Absolutely. I'm very excited that she has this opportunity and so is she. Nice. So tell me, after Disney, you worked there for 20 years. And then where did you go?
1: So I I was very lucky, Laurie. I was very lucky. I had some amazing leadership. And what I mean by amazing leadership, and for a lot of folks that are listening, amazing leadership to me is somebody that can be vulnerable, that can be humble at times. They're always willing to learn, you know? And I had some amazing ones that guided me through the process of, of my career and my life. And, and I took them in as mentors. And I wasn't afraid to say, hey, do you want to be my mentor because I respect you? And there's nobody else I'd like to be my My mentor, other than you, would you be willing to do that for me? And sure, they took me on. But again, I wasn't, I was brave. You know, a leader has to be brave also. So through all of the great leadership that I had, I found myself getting a call one time from LinkedIn. So if you haven't figured out your LinkedIn yet till today, everybody, great for your career, great for where you're going and your growth, fix your LinkedIn up.
0: Great advice. Yeah,
1: because that's a lot of recruiters are there. You know, they're doing a lot of great things within LinkedIn, and I get calls still today quite often. But I got a call, and they said, hey, we had this opportunity at the Great America Complex in California, and you have parks and water parks in events halls, which is quite Disney-ish-like. And then we have mm-hmm. the stadium, and it's where we're holding Super Bowl 50. And I said, wait a second. just you say Super Bowl 50? Like football? Yeah. I'm wow. coming. I'm in. You know? So that's how I moved to California. I was one of many, by the way, security of Super Bowl 50 the, with the Great American Complex. Um, after that, I, I learned about the tech industry by living in Silicon Valley. I was in the middle of Silicon Valley. And I said, wow, this tech thing is really awesome. I joined Amazon Web Services right after that as a security leader there. And then um, out of nowhere, once again, LinkedIn came knocking. And uh, at the time, a little company called Facebook reached out to me and said, hey, we have this opportunity. What do you think? I said, yeah, let's do it. So here I am today. um, But somewhere in between, somewhere in between, I took two years off. And I call it two years off because at Disney, you're able to become a part-time employee Mm -hmm. in a way that you could kind of still It's part-time, seasonal, seasonal part-time. And I was able to fulfill my dream of being a cop. Now I'm going back to Orlando a little bit. So police officer. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. So I, I then I turned it around to where I was a police officer full time for two years. But I still worked at the Walt Disney Company as a supervisor part time doing all the special events and, you know, sports and entertainment and races and everything else. But I did get to fulfill that dream. I realized that corporate security really was what I loved. And I came right back into it. I stayed as a reservist police officer for seven more years So I did that a total of nine years while I just stuck with the corporate security world. So we can talk about those things too, but in the year of enlightenment, by the way. Yeah.
0: Yes. Well, tell us (laughs) what, what was your year of enlightenment?
1: So, yeah. So I always tell young folks when I speak at universities that it's okay if you don't know what you want to do right away. And it's perfectly fine because I didn't know Lori until I was like 30, 31, I didn't figure out what I really wanted to do.
0: A lot of people are in that situation. A lot of people I coach in their mid-career, and they still don't know what they want to do when they grow up.
1: Yeah. And it's perfectly okay. It's almost like you have to accept it, right? You accept it first, and now let's work towards what you love. So I called that a year of enlightenment because I finally felt passionate about something. I, I knew what I wanted to do. I knew my path. I knew that that's what I should be doing, but I was still dabbling in different little things here and there until I realized that it was truly my passion. I believed and I put all you know my my all my money into it, all my time, all my my brain power into it. And that's when it became better. My life became better. My career opportunities became better. You know, I was able to be more educated on the industry, which made me better. You know I was able to lead better, be a better human being all those things. So don't mind if if you don't figure out right away that you're going to have your year of enlightenment. You just have to kind of notice it, that that is the year. And then you have to follow your heart and make it happen.
0: In your opinion, what is the most essential personality trait or strength that someone would need to have to go into the security industry?
1: More than anything else, you have to be a people person. You have to be able to understand human beings at the core of what a human being is and be able to navigate through that in multiple conversations. And I'm going to add that too to not just security, law enforcement. When you're dealing with a lot of people in very difficult situations like law enforcement and security folks do, one of the biggest things that gets you out of, uh, out of, out of trouble is your brain and how your brain tra- translates things out your mouth. And that's the most important thing. So if you can understand humanity at its core, if you can understand what really a person is saying or how a person's heart is feeling, you know that's to me more important than you to being able to tackle someone. More important than you being able to write a report. More important for me to, than you to be able to understand what camera systems are like, intrusion detection systems, fence line systems, any of those things. So I, I'll give you a quick story. Back in my Disney days one time, security manager of Disney's Hollywood Studios, I get a call to go to the front gate. Uh, there's a gentleman there with his wife and four kids and he's extremely upset. And my security folks are out there and they're trying to deal with him. They're trying to do the best that they possibly can to help him. So they call the boss out there and I go out there doing my you know, my Mickey Mouse truck and I get out there. Hey, how are you doing, sir? How are you? Glad to see that you're here, but it looks like you're having a little bit of a, a a tough time. How can I help you? You know? And he goes, my damn ticket is not working. And we paid for this. And the lady says it's not working. She's sending me over there. And man, I said, okay, okay. I got you. I got you. I got you. I'll fix it for you personally. How about I'll fix it for you. I got you. Do you mind just taking a quick walk with me? We'll leave your family right here with these folks and we'll take it. So as I'm walking with him, he starts telling me, man, I just drove all the way from Michigan, 20 something hours. I'm tired. My kids are screaming. My wife has been screaming, telling me how to drive the entire way down. We got here. I thought I'd be able to get a 18-hour drive. Sorry, 18-hour drive. I thought I'd be able to get me a little bit of nap. But no, you know, the kids, they want to come right to the park. And there's nothing I can do with yeah. it. And now let me tell you something. We've been saving for five years, sir. Five years to come out here to the park. I'm just tired. I'm just tired. And I said, I'm going to make your day a lot easier. He goes, what? I got you. We're going to get your family in. I'm going to get you a bunch of passes so you can skip the line on like every single ride today, right? And you're going to get to those rides so quick. The kids are already tired. I know they are. You're going to go back to the hotel. You're going to be able to go right to sleep. And then tomorrow, it's going to be the best day of your life. What do you think about that? Today's just a warm up. It's like, oh my God, we'll get out of here. I said, tomorrow for lunch, what park are you going to go? Good. Lunch is on us. I'll hook you up. And I was like, what? I got you. So the guy wasn't upset at the person at the turnstile. The guy wasn't upset at my security folks. The guy wasn't really upset about anything else other than he's had a long day. So it's being able to connect with someone personally in the field of security and law enforcement is the key, the key, I believe, to a lot of the issues that are going on in the world today when it comes to those fields.
0: What is more challenging than you expected it would be when you first started in this profession?
1: For me, it was changing the perception of the industry, which till today I still do. The industry throughout history has always come from people that come directly from the military, law enforcement, federal careers. It wasn't until about 20 years ago that a lot of folks started growing up in the security industry, where they didn't go and serve the military, they didn't go and serve in law enforcement. And the companies that were hiring these security companies, didn't want the military folks that look anymore, didn't want those actions anymore. And today, even more today, they just don't want it. So the most difficult thing for me with all the lessons that I learned through the Walt Disney Company is how to make security more approachable, how to make security more of like guest relations with a badge because 98% of our interactions are good. I'm just telling you where the bathroom is. I'm saying hi as you walk into my hotel or my my lobby of the office space. I'm making sure that your day is great. That's the interactions, 98% of the time, right? So why don't I push to educate folks on 98% of time the, st- the st- stuff that we're going to do and also educate, but only 2% of the other 2% stuff that we're going to do, which is usually not customer service based. So that has been, for me, one of the toughest things to change in the industry is to get people to understand that customer service trumps anything that you can bring that is militaristic or law enforcement driven into a security industry.
0: You talked about a professional or having several professional mentors before, but do you have one person that you can say, hey, this this person really made a huge difference in my life, and what did they do to make that difference?
1: You know, I don't have just one because I've never been afraid to ask. You know, my mom a long time ago said, hey, if you don't ask, you don't get, my friend. So so I've never been afraid to ask for mentors, never in my life. So I have a lot of them. You know, my boss today is a great mentor. You know, Doug is an outstanding leader that I respect tremendously. And we have when we have conversations, our one-on-ones are about our lives and our kids. And it's not about work. You know, it's about everything else. My, my prior life, uh, a gentleman by the name of Jeff Villelli, was the vice president of the Walt Disney Company, incredible leader. You know, he had no problem uh, having me at his house for a beer to talk about my career and where I was going. Right. Ricky Ricks is another one. He's a retired uh, under under sheriff of Orange County Sheriff's Office in Florida. He didn't have to put his time into me. You know, none of these folks have to. But it's ingrained within the folks in the security industry that to help, you know, and so Ricky Ricks is another one that really stepped up. But mentors are not just those people above me either, Lori, and a lot of people have to understand that. I had a lot of folks right at my level, my colleagues right next to me. They were so so amazing, you know, and I would follow them anywhere, absolutely anywhere. Uh, Jen at Disney was one of my one of my favorite folks to work with, and I learned. A tremendous amount from her, and she just happened to be one of the Walt Disney ambassadors, which is a tremendously difficult position to get. There's only two of those every two years.
0: Oh
1: wow! Uh, for all of a hundred thousand people that work at Walt Disney World, that can put in for it. So, mentors can come from everywhere. Oh god, so many. Scott Morley, Scott Morley, and I—we were both captains of the football team. This is all the way back in high school, you know. And this is how far back it goes in mentorship. We were born exactly on the same day, 7'6". We were the same exact age. I was the captain on the defensive side. He was the captain on the offensive side. Gradu- he graduated fifth in our class of about 500 students. One of the most intelligent human beings, athletes that I've ever read. went to West Point Academy, the Army Academy. He's my mentor till today and he knows that. He knows that. And him and I were both the captains of the football team. So. They they come from any age. It's where you I think get your inspiration from.
0: That's I, perfect. I,
1: I think a lot of people.
0: What's your day to day like at the metaverse, where you may or may not be working?
1: Exactly, exactly that place. Um, my day to day, I wake up in, in the morning and we have meetings about where we're going to head, where we're going to go, and how to get us there. Right, I'm at a level now in my position that I I rarely do a lot of operational stuff, so I'm more using my brain, finally, more than anything else. So strategy, strategy strategy-based stuff. Where we're going, what we're doing. You know, five years from now, we're building this kind of data center. How are we going to secure that five years from now? And what are the technologies that are in today that will set us for success five years from now? Or do we know of technology that five years from now will come to be that we can implement into our builds? So we're always looking ahead, you know, the old three, five, ten-year plan of what we're doing. So I spend my entire day going from meetings to meetings, having one-on-ones with my team, guiding them, directing them, giving them uh, huggies, you know, giving them some love and making sure that they they feel that they're in the right place and they're working with an awesome team. My job is to create amazing culture, you know, also as leaders. Um, And I come like this. This kind of energy is how I work throughout my entire day, and the team knows that sell the idea of what we're doing, sell the idea of a mission, right? When you get to those kind of director leadership levels at companies like this, it's you're always pushing the mission and the vision of what we're doing.
0: With your day-to-day work, are you actually working uh, with the security around the data centers or what what type of security are you working with? Are you able to say?
1: Yeah, sure. Why not? You know, so the security is based on a lot of different things, everything from security systems into human beings. So, everything from a contract guard force, so actually security officers that you see running around in our data centers, but everything um, from the street down. So, here's a, some concepts for people to think about. If you want to get into corporate security, here's some concepts for you to think about. Uh, SEPTED, crime prevention through environmental design. I'm dealing with that as we're designing our data centers to be more secure. We're going through crime prevention through environmental design, make sure that we're doing the right things. We're looking at fence line and fence line security. Are there vehicles coming through that street or not? Or is it just a walking path? What kind of level of fencing do we need in order to possibly hold a 40 ton vehicle coming at 40 miles per hour and slamming into our fence line? What kind of level of security we need? So we're working through that. And then as we come in, we're looking at fence line cameras, PTZs, cameras that rotate and they move, and they're attached to an alarm system that are connected to an intrusion detection system that as soon as something happens, the camera moves right to it and starts following people around. So we're dealing with that every single day. And then we go into access control where we're blocking out different rooms that are more important than other rooms and making sure that only the people that get into those rooms can get into those rooms. And metal detectors and different kind of you know metal detectors from walkthroughs to handhelds through everything else that you can possibly imagine um oh my god management systems of reports because we have to write a lot of reports and we have to hold those reports training education writing those standards and those policies and those procedures and those guidelines and those protocols and those post orders and so many amazing things but that's corporate security today and if you want to get into that kind of stuff then you have to learn governance you know, which is a huge part of a company, and you have to learn data privacy GDPR from Europe. You have to understand those things, um, especially if you coming kind of into a global company. Those a lot.
0: I listened to one of your podcasts, and the guest said that if you want to be a leader, it, usually people start their security uh, career as a police officer in the military or something like that, and then. Something happens where they get hurt, they can't continue their career, they're forced to retire, and they want to go into management or they want to go into leadership. And he said, really, the best thing that you can do for your career is get into that management and that leadership early in the first in your first career. Don't wait to say, well that's my plan B. If something happens to me as a police officer in the military, get into leadership. Now start growing that career path, and then you'll be prepared for that. um, Second part of
1: your career. I I agree. I agree. It's it's such an interesting world out there because a lot of people think, well, I don't want to go into leadership. I make more money on overtime or like real kind of, to me, kind of a small minded person for me. Because, you know, like I said, I grew up extremely poor and my mom would never allow for that. You know, my mom would be like, you know what you're worth, go get what you're worth. But just so you know, you're going to have to be the hardest working person in the room. There's no way there's no there's no easy way about it. You got to go. And um, so I agree. If you get into leadership positions right away, even within law enforcement, even within the military, because that would translate well as you try to transition into your second career. Now, a lot of military folks and law enforcement folks are retiring at 20 years. So that means a lot of them, if you got into the military at 18, right, 38, that's young. You have an entire other career that you need to be doing, at least I believe, unless you're you're a great saver of money and you thought about your retirement at 18 years of age, which I sure didn't. But, yeah, you got to get into – and you got to get into weird stuff too, Lori, that a lot of people don't think about. The security business is not just security. See, I, I have to deal with HR. I have to deal with our legal department. I have to deal with budgets. I have to deal with P&L lines, return on investment, what my team is doing or not doing. Cameras, you know, I have to be able to sell why I need $100,000 worth of cameras. So you have to be kind of a salesperson. So I happened to have, just out of happenstance, I went to a community college at first because I just wanted to see what I wanted to do. And I actually have my degree is uh, in business. So it was great to take those macro and microeconomics classes and understand what budget lines look like coming in and out of, of a business because I use it today. So I have to lead a budget that is in the very high millions of dollars. It's it's in the news. People can look at it. You know, and how do you do that if you don't have that? And that has nothing to do with security. Right. So you have to be well-rounded. But if you're going to do leadership positions ahead of that, you will have that in your background, your resume, which is what I'm looking for when I'm hiring somebody. Do you have those qualities, the business qualities that I need to run my global business?
0: I have a feeling you would have been successful with any career path you chose, but I'm certainly glad you chose security because you seem to just have such a passion for us. Um, tell us about your book, your podcast, and how people can connect with you.
1: Yeah, pretty interesting. So uh, I have the book, right? So you want to get into corporate security. This one right here, it's really cool. The first 10 chapters about helping you get into corporate security from 10 chapter, chapter 10 to about fifteenth. It's kind of a small path on how to build a program, which now I'm taking that and doing an entire book on it. Uh, from there. So have the book. I have the podcast. All you got to do is look for the corporate security translator anywhere you listen to podcast or on YouTube because I record every single one of them live as well and you can see it there. Um, I also do a thing called Corporate Magic. is where I talk about leadership principles and, and guidance through the, the the eyes of the Walt Disney Company. So I talk about those things about partnerships through the eyes. So you can always look uh, for Corporate Magic in most importantly and probably the easiest way, find me on LinkedIn. I can be your new mentor. I can help you. I can look at your resume. I have no problem with that. I can look at, you know, where you want to go and help you get there. I can be your first connection into the company that I work for because you want to find a person that's inside. I'm your mole. Use me as your mole, <laughs> you know?
0: You're the man. That's it. Then, He's got uh, you.
1: So yeah, you can find me in all those.
0: Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah,
1: got Laurie. Thank you. We appreciate our featured guest for joining the Find Your Niche podcast. Now, your host, Lori Cole.
0: There are so many nuggets of career wisdom in this segment. Carlos talked about doing the right things, even when people aren't looking, and how our careers aren't meant to be easy. He believes our careers become better because of the challenges we face and the mistakes we make and learn from. Even if you aren't in the security industry, I encourage you to listen to Carlos' podcast because many of the things he talks about are transferable to any career path. Is there something you need some guidance on in terms of your career? Email to laurie.coal at ihire.com.
1: Thanks for listening.